Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for the Sydney Swans, or I like to call it the... <laughs> the Dane Rampy podcast. This is the joke that you prepared. I finally! It's been 15 teams or something in the making, Chris, and I finally get to, to do these ones. I like it. This is a visual joke for those visual playing on the joke. podcast. podcast. Um, Hit us up on YouTube. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. So, facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Yep. Twitter, we are SC underscore Insider underscore... And on Twitch, we are SC Insider, uh, sorry, uh, Twitch.tv forward slash, uh, sorry, Twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. Jeez, you have one On all major podcast platforms and YouTube as well. So just search for us. We're everywhere. Uh, Chris is rusty. Um, Okay, so quick little five minute detour here. So I went to the Brisbane Lions versus the Suns scratch match you yesterday did. chris I was, and, I was quite uh, jealous i was the other side of uh, brisbane well i conned, conned the missus into going to the beach first and she'd just come off two night duties so she wasn't really thinking straight but hey we got to go and <laughs> uh, bought her a couple of beers she was happy for at least half a football i like it um i'll tell you what though some really interesting things if you aren't sure or want to know what happened at the uh, the trial match yesterday i posted out my quarter reviews which was really cool and um, the funny thing was chris is that i actually got spotted for the first time <laughs> You got spotted. Spotted. Three quarter time. Which is impressive considering so they must have watched it on, on YouTube. And right? they, Well, they must have to see yeah. my mug. Or oh, we put photos up, but... That's true. Anyway, so I'm taking a piss and I hear, Super good, Utah! And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, wait, so, that's us. Yeah, that's, that's us. <laughs> um, so, you know, I say hey to the boys. Um, so I sent them a little sneaky league code to be in our Legends uh, Super Coach League. So. Awesome. Uh, awesome blokes, uh, so thanks for saying hi and thanks for shouting out boys. Um, but yeah, it was a good day and the key thing is, is uh, get on route, basically. Un- unbelievable gun. And Definitely going to be starting in the centre, centre bounce, right? In the uh, Well, he did. Round one. He was at most of the centre bounces and I can't see the Swans improving their midfield much except for Hugh Greenwood and Swallow coming in. You mean Gold Coast? Gold Coast, sorry. Yes. Um, Brisbane will be the interesting one though because you know Rao was good against, but he was up against Barry at some point. He was also up against Reese Matheson and Corey Lyons. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's he's like, going to tear them up anyway. He tear the, players at best. He absolutely tear them up, but he got hands on the footy first, butchered it quite a lot, but got his hands there. So I'm hoping with a Weller and an Ellis, maybe he can link them up a little bit more. Uh, should be good to go. Yeah, I like it. I really like Rao. I'm looking forward to this Thursday. Might I add? Uh, preseason starting. Hey-o. Hey-o. I'm very so excited. Close. Um, I actually, unfortunately have to work Thursday night, so I'll get to, uh, won't get oh, to watch watching. the game until on the way home. I'll be doing the cardio, a bit of jogging. Mm. Yes, maybe it's a soft J. So, but I am that, definitely looking forward to the preseason. Segway for Anchor Man. I was telling Katrina when I got spotted, I was like, hey, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> People know People me. Know me. Excellent. All right. All right so Sydney Swans. Talk about Sydney Swans because they are hugely relevant this year. Very. I think most teams will have a few Swans in their starting squad. Very, very, very relevant. Uh, okay. So first of all, looking at their season last year, eight for disposals, kicks and marks. So yep. they're pretty much middle of the range for quite a lot of those stats. 12th for goals and goals assists. So below average for that area. Uh, 16th for clearances. So Not for great. me, yeah. And basically they were 17th for hitouts. So 17th for hitouts, 16th for clearances. Um, second for tackles. So for me, it was like they were getting beaten in the hitouts. Yep. They were getting beaten in the clearances, and it was almost like they were second to the football. Well, some of that hopefully will be resolved by Naismith coming back. Yes. Um, if he does get up, I don't know where he's tracking 
Well, what I find I find it. Was? I'm hoping. I think he should be okay. Uh, tracking fairly well, I think. Um, I find it very funny though. Is that who's their other ruckman again? Uh, Callum Sinclair. Callum Sinclair. Yes. Yeah, so I made a joke with uh, Swizz. Callum Sinclair. How he did both his shoulders. I was like, well, there goes his dream of being a wacky inflatable arm man. <laughs> <laughs> his dreams are kaput. They're shot. <laughs> like his shoulders. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So the interesting one. I think second tackles there. 17th hit out, 16th for clearances. So for me, it was like they were losing the hit outs. They were losing the clearances. Almost like they were second to the ball. Yep. And we do know they've been really wanting some pace throughout the field because they're, I think they were getting beaten to the ball a little bit. So that's where players like their first draftee come into it. And that's also where players like Ling and a few of those guys, they were brought in for speed, even though he hasn't had much continuity with his body. Yeah, the, so the rookie section, this is they going to need, be pretty they, Well, they definitely, need, they definitely need speed, and it's no surprise they try to get like a Louis Taylor and someone that can actually try and move around. Um, interesting, though, they're 16th for free kicks, four, and third for freeze against. So basically, they were giving more free kicks away than they were receiving. Not good for them at all. So, um, yeah, I think pretty much they need that speed in the, in the midfield mix, which is what their uh, draw tells me from last year. Well, uh, they've already signaled that that's what the direction that they're going with the way that yep. Torse has been talking. So um, you're probably aware that the other day he was in an interview and basically said that they're going to be looking to get uh, Ollie Florent in, which I think is a fantastic player, but... Is he ready for prime midtime? Florent would maybe, be maybe awesome not. if he wasn't midfield only. Oh, and absolutely, that's, yeah. That's part of my write-up on him. I love him, and I, I think he could break out, and he yep. definitely could break out. But he's midfield only this year. True. You need them when they're forward mid or defender mid, and then they move into the midfield, and then you get like value. Yeah, and then the other one, of course, is Robottom that they're looking to get into that mix as well. Sure. Um, but I, they've all, they've, I mean, they've got existing guns in that midfield, but what are they going to do with someone like Kennedy, who's really just is only really an on-baller? He'll have to play then. It'll just mean maybe Parker goes in and out a bit more. <laughs> so again, with the don't don't, don't go Parker basically. Parker? But yeah, look, we'll get much. on to that. Looking at the draw, champion data has ranked them the second easiest draw for 2020, which is the good side. But again, at Sydney, haven't been too good. So uh, make of it as you will. Yep. Uh, the good thing is they have double ups against Suns, Carlton, GWS, Hawks, and Essendon. So out of that, it's really only GWS that's the hard matchup, and that's the crosstown rivalry, which yep. could be anything anyway. But Suns and Carlton, I reckon that's a pretty good matchup for Sydney. Hawthorne and Essendon, probably 50-50. Yep. Maybe a little bit swung towards those teams, but... Pro- you'd, you'd probably say Hawks win that one, not comfortably, but in a... Yeah, Because right. they're, they're both hardball get teams. Um, and, and Essendon then, could be a... It's, I think Essendon is shit this year. Yeah, well... I think they're injury prone. Um, so, sorry to Essendon. But here's the interesting thing with Sydney, though, and this is why, even though I don't like Lloyd that much and whatever have you, but good for the rookies coming up their first seven rounds, including a Lloyd could go bang the first seven rounds, which is what I'm worried about. They have Adelaide away, Essendon at home, Gold Coast away, Carlton at home, GWS at home, Brisbane away, and then North Melbourne at home. That's a decent start. That is a very decent start. Probably the same as their end, I suppose. <laughs> Giving this, I've got such an easy draw. Look, I, I, um, I think again, as as I said, I think uh, there's quite a few uh, super coach selections that will come into consideration. Yep. So I think that's an easy um, start. Yeah, their super coach finals. They have Melbourne away, Gold Coast at home, Essendon away, and Hawthorne at home. Okay. So again, it's a they have a good start to the year, and then they also have a pretty good super coach finals. Decent so, finals. I like it. I don't mind them for an options, and this is why I'm, you know, I'm looking. Uh, Lloyd's too expensive, and I think he will drop in price or his average, so it hurts me. But he could come out for those first seven rounds and go pretty big. He averages notoriously well for the first half of the season as well, which is also uh, good news for us. And it also makes me interested in people like Heaney, 
which we'll get into as well. So, look, they have the round 13 buy, so it's ah, the, the, middle, the middle buy round, so it's... You can still get them. Yeah. They'll probably be the last guys you upgrade to. Yes. Yeah. So it's not bad, and it's, yeah, that middle of the road, so it does give you that flexibility there. Um, that pretty much sums up the, the draws anyway, so we'll go into the premiums first of all, and speaking of which, we'll go Jake Lloyd, 591k defender, played all 22 games, average 108.9, uh, 89% time on ground, so as that defender, he has a lot of time on ground, which helps his scoring, takes kickouts when Dawson fucks off. <laughs> um, but he, So the problem is, and this is why people are a bit reserved, so he started off the first 12 rounds at an average of 117.6. Really went big, and for those that started him like we did with the kickout rules, we're like, this was going great. Then he averaged 80, uh, 98.9 the last 10 rounds, including an after-buy round, which was the last five rounds of 92. Yep. And that's where the Dawson effect sort of comes into play. So this is why people are a bit more reserved about whether they pick Lloyd. Some people have loaded up, and I think it's about 30% of teams already, because he's the highest averaging defender. So they just sort of lock him in. Pretty much. And look, I don't necessarily um, think that he's a bad pick. I just think he's not a value pick anymore. Last year, I saw him going value. up in value because of the kickout rules, and he did um, yeah. at the start of the year, and then he drained off at the end because of Dawson being in that back line. They've already said, so Horse has already said, Dawson's been training in the back line. He's going to be playing in defense this year. Yeah, that hurts. So for me, you're paying what you're going to get out of Lloyd probably. I still think he's probably going to be the number one defender. Oh, I think he's going to be I think he'll somewhere... be top four. I think he'll still be 100 to 105. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know I, if he's going to go nuts, but 100. Which 100, I think, is pretty good. Yeah. Like, 100 to 105 is going to get you yeah. close to one. Like, nah. I don't reckon there's going to be much else. Nah, like, it's about dog. 100. Sick dog going oh, up, 105. <laughs> well, I mean, even, again, 105. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, I know. So Lloyd going down is still going to be in the conversation for the number one pick. So is it a bad it's, pick? Probably it's more not. about that 591. I'd rather pick an Oliver <laughs> who's going to average 115. Well, for 2K more, you can yeah. literally get spend that money in your midfield and get an Oliver yeah. and then you know, go cheaper in your defense. So I do think that that's a valid consideration. I think that, yeah, you're looking at 10 points more per game towards Oliver. Yeah, oh, Absolutely, yeah. Because so, I, I don't see him doing a 108 again. But if no. I did, and if you did, like if you thought that... Then he wouldn't the be top 10 if Oliver did that. Mm. Um, yeah, so interesting. Uh, he did have 12 scores over 110, Lloyd, which does make him very viable, and only once under 83. So really super consistent, scores well. Uh, yeah, he is a great option. And at some point, we're probably going to have to get him in our sides. It's just a matter of when. And at the moment, for us, he's probably a bit too expensive because he limits what else we do. I don't, as I said, I don't think he's a bad pick, but I just think there's better ways to spend 600k this year in Supercoach. Yes, and that's that's my issue. Um, I it's a lot of money when oh, on a defender well, or how much is how much is Cicely? everyone's on Sicily now and he's five, got a better ten. buy five, five ten five ten five so you're going to save eighty k by going to Sicily now what what's that eighty k going to do to your side heaps um, now I don't know if it that if could having, get you a row over another rookie well right that's, that's which job is security huge for yep, me job security year. but let's say you're doing Lloyd at D1. Can you afford to go Sicily at D2? I think that's too much money in your defense. Well, if you're going, if you're going Doherty, then that's pretty much you done, and then you can't, yeah. you can't really get a Robertson and everyone else because that's too much money in I think there's, yeah, there's, there's value mid-prices there that yeah. are actually warranted this season as opposed to others. If it was just a straight guns and rookies season like most yeah. seasons would be, I would consider that. But in forwards and defense, there's some really great value mid-prices that I think most teams are going to try and pad themselves out with, get a few of those rookies off your field, try and get to D5 with some mid-prices. Yep. And that is probably going to be the, the go this I year. I think that's, the, like that's the sticky point for a lot of people at the moment. I know we're getting sidetracked, but uh, people are losing their structure because there's they want their premiums, but they also want to get their mid-prices. And it just doesn't work. Like You need to think yeah, of it this you, way. Guns and rookies, you have three premiums, three rookies, 
your two bench. Forwards and defence, right? Yep. Mid-pricer, you can have your two premiums, your two mid-pricers, your two rookies, plus two rookies on the bench. Yep. That is the best structure. Whereas I've seen some with, like, we're talking um, Whitfield, Dusty, Heaney, then Devin Smith. And, and like, it throws, well, it throws out your structure because it starts to get top-heavy. Yeah, you're very unbalanced across the field if you're spending so that you'll much be weak. So you'll be weak lines. somewhere. So if yeah. you're going with a Devon at F3, then you can probably do a heel at F4. And that kind of balances out that nice structure. Now, in that, in that defense, obviously, we really don't know uh, where the rookies are yet. And right. So the preseason will determine for us uh, which preseason are bankable, uh, which which rookies are bankable for their price. Yep. Um, you know, guys like Stephen Hill, guys like Aiden Bonner, these expensive rookies. How do they come into play? Do you need that extra cash to get that more expensive rookie? It's going to be interesting. It, that will, yeah. We will see. And Heavy JLT, I'll, I'll, be be, to, oh, just, I'll be trying to watch I'm some. Um, but at this stage, Lloyd's not in my considerations just because it's too expensive. And I think he's going down rather than going up. Yeah. I agree. He's kind of half in mind. Plus, you've got um, do it. you're on the Mills to average more bandwagon, aren't you? Oh yeah, but now it doesn't seem so good because Mills <laughs> Horse also said Mills will be around the defensive line, which screws me up. Me, me. <coughs> oh, look, so we need totally to iron this bet out before round one. But what is is that the fifty dollar bet? It's a fifty dollar okay, bet. Cool. Are we still yeah. switching first draft round pick for last draft pick or nah? I, I'm okay to do that because I, I'm like I'm definitely. Well, you okay don't even know what the bet is now, you dickhead. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one, uh, JPK, uh, proven workhorse. I did say it's of last year when I saw a photo I was like geez he looks good yep. and I was like I didn't have the balls to pick him he usually does but, he's a good looking man oh mate his balls are tanned <laughs> uh, but look he, he that's, that's from the sauna not from the <laughs> he was actually killing it he was injured round 10 on 68 uh, he averaged 108.77 but his true average uh, sorry his true average is 108.77 instead of 106 uh, he averaged 112.1 the first eight rounds before he got injured. And then he averaged 109 the last nine rounds. So he actually had a really good year when he wasn't injured. Yep. Yeah. So I actually like him as a draft option. I think he's still a consistent player. Sometimes he has flats Way where he might... prices for draft though. Even, even then, like, you're not going to pick him up at his 106? Average. Nah. Nah. I like, oh, he's too old. 100 With the amount of midfield players that are coming into that mix, <laughs> I just can't see him averaging anywhere near that this year. Yeah, I don't... I, you grab him because I'm not... We'll see. I mean, how old is he now? Come on, let's... You, you can look at that. I'll look it up. Uh, okay, moving on to his other partner in crime is Luke Parker. He's 570k. Speaking of which, Parker and JPK are both 570 to 579k. Very expensive for uh, standard. I, I doubt they'd be either in 1% of sides. Um, <clears throat> he actually averaged 134.6 for the five rounds that JPK was injured. And we said this. He went absolutely big. Yeah, he went huge, uh, and then he dropped off an absolute cliff as soon as. But that JPK includes the game back. that JPK back came back and only played half a game, basically. So JPK's thirty-two this year. Oh, okay. So there you yeah. go. Um, and he did have that injury, as well. Yeah. Parker averaged ninety-six point four with JPK on the side. So that pretty much tells a story where Parker can average you anywhere from a ninety-five to oh, a one ten. Oh, the and notoriously is, most annoying player in the league because he he's is, an absolute jet. He when goes he's big on the ball. and he goes fifty points in a quarter and then does nothing. He is so bipolar. It, but it's but it's he's not because bipolar. it's not because of that's the the way he scores. It's because of his role. It's yeah. It's, they push he gets him thrown into a pocket and then they he doesn't push, do anything. They push him forward and, and he especially gets with Sydney being bad, that doesn't help his scoring. No, it doesn't. So, uh, anyway, that's pretty much that one there. Look, unfortunately, I've put Dane Rampey in at fourth on my list. <laughs> uh, 527,000 defender. Who's he actually, played well, bro. He did. And he, the problem was is that I was, like, I was like, this is just a flash in the pan. He has scored well before. But then he's also notorious for playing lockdown on key forwards where you're like, oh, like what the hell's going on here? Dane Rampey's taking, you know, a key forward. But... 
Kudos where kudos is given. He did really well, and for those that brought him in, he maintained his stupidly high average. Can I just record that and then loop it again and no, loop it again it, and loop he, it again and loop it again? It's the caddy effect where you're, <laughs> you're looking at them and you're like, yeah, you've got skill, but you can't put it all together. And then he does something well, or you get on him and then he does something bad. Guaranteed, I am not picking up Rampy in a draft league. I will 100% guarantee in no draft league am I picking up Rampy. Um, he was super impressive because he actually sagged off to intercept. So he wasn't like he was playing loose behind the ball. He was playing on a player and then just completely left his man to take intercept marks he, and score great points. He's been talented for a long time, but he'll go and get you 100, then he'll get you a 60 or an 80, and that was his notorious scoring pattern. Whereas he has improved, and look, good on you, Dane Rampey. Well, who else in that defense is really good at intercepting? Not really. They, they really aren't. No. They've got great users in Lloyd. Like, Lloyd doesn't go for an intercept mark. Like, very rarely. No, he goes is for the Lloyd the one off. coming up there and putting his body on the line. You know what I'm he saying? He goes for the peel off. So, unfortunately, and that's in my note as well, is F Rampy. And it's been there for a while. <laughs> uh, every, well, get this right. He averaged 84.4 his first nine rounds. So, you're like, that's Dane Rampy. Then that's he goes, classic, up, yeah. then he has a couple of hundreds. Everyone's like, oh, Dane Rampy's got a couple of hundreds in a row. Let's get on him while he's cheap. And I was like, that's a bad idea. Next minute, he averages 106.75 over the last 12 rounds. Yeah. With some big games, a 135 and a 148. I reckon he's got huge value in draft. I'm definitely picking him up. Oh, go for it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And then every Although, week, mind you, when you do say no one else can intercept on that team. So, if it comes in, Rampy could be the he's, intercept man. Well, they can intercept, but. He's yeah, the number one. He'll he'll get it and then offload it to Dawson and he also gets a lot of spoil points. He gets like he gets a lot he of does defender get a lot of spoils. Yeah, so uh, I actually think maybe they freed him up now because um who they lose they lose Smith or someone or who they lose their big defender Nick Smith yeah, yeah maybe yeah so now Rampy's gonna have to do all the intercepting and all the maybe well I mean that's why maybe that's, that's why Callum it. Mills is staying down there in the pocket in uh, in no Supercoach Pointville <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll probably get you eighty point five again. Standard deviation of one. What's his theory? Over three Use years. your best midfielder in the back pocket. <laughs> Who has him in a keeper league? He'd be great to get in a keeper league, it's actually, because no one wants him. No one wants him. Okay, so next one is uh, Isaac Heaney, who I've had a big gut feel on. He did break his thumb a couple of weeks ago, so he's been on running duties for a month. So he'll. I don't know if he'll play much JLT. Um, oh, they've actually put a question mark when he was round one, but I think yeah. it's more likely than unlikely that he does play. I think he'll play. He'll just... Yeah, he'll be doing a lot of running, so he'll be fit enough. It'll yeah, just be the conditioning of getting I mean, hit. The hands, the hands, an issue in AFL, yeah. obviously, because you, you need your hands to be able to do everything. I don't know what to do with my hands. The race was good. It was real good. I drove real good. Drove real good. Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Um, but yeah, like you need your hands, obviously, in, in AFL to to do anything to mark the ball, to handball the ball, to kick the ball. You need your hands. So yeah. if your hands injured, it's a really big issue. Well, that's why you don't see a lot of people with nubs out there playing <laughs> AFL, there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hands like feet. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining in for such great insight. You need your hands to play <laughs> AFL. You're welcome. Yeah. Great insight. That zinger. That zinger. I won't even charge All for right. it. Isaac Heaney, really frustrating for some of you last year, myself included. Had some great games. Had highs 137, 134, 130, 119, 117, 116, 116. And now for the bad news. He also had 54, 64, 67, 68. So he had two 90s, 900s, but he is a great player. He was still in the top 10, though, for overall scoring. He is, so and I see him with value this year a forward, because a lot of people are going Whitfield and Dustin Martin, and then they're going their cheaper options like a Steven and a Devon and all those other players. Isaac Heaney's 15% owned, and I actually think he's going to get less 
owned than that. So I think he's good, a he real should be. good. I think he's a terrible pick this year. I think he's a great pick. So um, with their easy again, draw, easy horse draw, opening his mouth in the preseason. Yeah. He'll said, be forward mid, same no, role. Well, no, he said that he's going to be playing more forward last this year than he did last year. So he's actually going the opposite direction of what everyone wants. He's not going. To, he's going to be playing less midfield time this year. <sighs> Look, and that's that's straight from Isaac Heaney's mouth. He said he's going to be playing more forward because they've got other guy, other new guys coming and taking up the mid rolls. So he's actually going to. I think it's yeah, going to be more fifty fifty. Give it two weeks when they get pumped in the middle of the field again. They'll need him. I don't know. He'll probably do an ankle in round two and be a terrible selection. Right, look, obviously the, the counter argument to that is he does score well as a forward because he can take really yeah. good uh, marks. Yeah, contested and marks goals, and goals. Right, yes. so he can, and especially if uh, if Buddy's and I think Buddy's still in questions for round one given that injury. Um, he will be a more f- a target in that forward line. However, Sydney is still bad, and I can't see them really getting out of the bottom six. No, I this think year. they're going to have to develop still. So, how good is that opportunity going to be for him? And I don't think it's going to be that great. So, for me, this year is a bad year for Heaney, mm. and I'm not spending that kind of money on a Heaney when there's other guys that are looking to get up. So, would you take Heaney or a Sicily then? Same oh, absolutely. Price. Hands down, Sicily is a better option. Okay. I would rather spend that money on Sicily in your defense than rather spend it on uh, Heaney, Heaney in the forward, the forward line. line. And I guess there's a lot of mid-price options. For me, it was Whitfield, Dusty, and I actually started to get rid of Heaney because of the just the cheaper options that I could take. Yeah. Basically. Well, yeah, question mark on round one, injured hand. Yeah. Um, same as last year when he had a question mark in round one and he ended up playing and then scored really badly. Um, playing more forward time instead of mid-time. Like There's this really no great... Thing about starting him this yeah. year, except than, the fact that you'll probably know he'll average you ninety. Uh, yeah, exactly. Plus. Yeah, and uh, and he's going to be slightly unique. Yeah, fair call. Um, That's it. I guess that for, more forward actually makes a bit more deteri- um standard deviation, and that's in the his, problem. In his scoring, it'll be the low high. Yeah. So the, effect. the idea of playing more midfield time is not. I don't think he's necessarily got a higher scoring. It's just um, more consistency. More consistency. So yeah. it takes out those lows or it equals it out. Won't be as frustrating. It won't be the Toby Green effect where you gets your fifty one week and then a one fifty the yeah. next and then ends he, up averaging you a hundred yeah. still. Like you know, forwards just have big games and they have small games and they still might average you nine ninety five. Yeah. But it's that consistency or lack of consistency that um, really oh. impacts you, especially on a week to week basis playing leagues. Did Jeremy Cameron tell you that? Yeah, he did actually. That's a German camera. He Joe told Cassie. me after round seven when I brought right. him in. Rookies, 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 because there are a four on the list that we need to touch on. Number one is Will Gould. Pick 26 uh, in their most recent draft. He averaged 21 and a half disposals, four and a half marks, seven and a, 7.2 rebound 50s per match. And he was the South Australian captain for 2019. Perfect. Not only that, he was actually All-Australian halfback or whatever, back-to-back All-Australian selections. So he did it as, as, a, a, jun- as, as a, a junior. As an underager. Yeah. Okay, so he cool. did it as an underager and then backed it up again with two All-Australian selections. Um, I think that's a really good caliber. Yep. He looks like he's a bit more built ready as well. He's 117K. He could definitely get a gig. I think he plays uh, round one. I definitely Yeah, but the problem is that so many of these, whether they just are listed as defenders and they find other roles for them, I'm not sure. He looks like he could be really good in the back line. So I like that one. The problem is, okay, so let's line out their back line now. Yeah, so that's what I was like. Jake Lloyd, you've got um, Jordan Dawson, they've yep. already been flagged. Mills, Callum Mills. Rampy. Rampy. Gould. That's probably it. That's all you could really carry, right? Yeah. Um, now, they did obviously lose Zach Jones. Um, so whether it's more of a halfback wing or maybe they, they push Lloyd up to a wing because they have done that at times in different games. And then push him as back a link a bit player. More. Yeah. That'll be interesting. So, um, in, I, th- I think he does play round one, but... How many points are in that back line now? Yeah, heaps. Like I know Maybe, that I know that Mills he, isn't scoring any. Well, but if he feeds off a rampy and it goes to him and he links up with Dawson, or whatever, it could work out. Yeah, 
the next one, Chad Warner actually got spoken about this week. He's 117K midfielder. Yep. Uh, I'd keep an eye on him as well. He was pick number 39 in the most recent draft. He's 181 centimeters. He's 80 kilograms. But it looks like the photos that I've seen, he, it says 80, but he looks like he's a couple kilos heavier than that. Like yep. He does look like he's fairly strong around the body. Um, he got actually, he was training and he's really impressed the club, but he was training a bit too aggressively. So there's kind of like, there's pressure and then there's like, I want to absolutely pile drive you into the ground pressure. Fair call. So they were saying, hey mate, like you, we want to pressure them, but then phantom pressure where like, I'm going to hit you, but then I kind of give you a hug and put you to the ground. I put you in the ground. Yeah, so basically they're telling him to kind of back off a little bit without backing off too much because hey, you're kind of going real aggressive. So I like it. They might need someone like that to really get in there and do a, a Sam Powell Pepper like sort of role. All the good reports and, Bash and um, crash. he has been rumored to also be in the round one mix, depending on. Yep, I'd pre-season. watch JLT. I'd keep an eye on him for sure. My so. issue is that I, I, his style of player, I don't think it's mid minutes. I think it's they want him in the forward line to like oh, physically intimate. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be interesting. I've got him in my team right now, just as a as a placeholder. Yep. I don't know how it'll go, but how they use him and where he's actually um, will be the key because. Ben Ronk, for example, it, yeah, he came in and did that sort of full pressure player and was successful at when he first started, but he really tailed off. And I don't know whether that's because Sydney tailed off or because he's just not that good of a player, but he came on and burst onto the scene and he's really, really trailed. So he could be replacement of, let's say, a Ben Ronk in the forward line. Yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how they how they're interesting using. because they've also got um, Gray from Port and they also got yeah. um, Louis Taylor as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see their mix. Uh, so anyway, Chad Warner, 117K. The next one is Matt Ling, and he's one I've probably been real big on. I was even big on him at the start of last year. But the problem is that he had uh, a toe injury ruined his first season, and then he had an Achilles injury that ruled him out for the remainder of 2019, basically. So he's had some issues there. He was their first-round selection two years ago. Yep. All right, so he was highly picked up. He was the one that they, they wanted to get him because he brought speed and pace to their team, which they need. Yep. So I'm hoping that... He has had a good run in the offseason. I'm not too sure. I think we'll just see from the JLT, but I am definitely looking to see if Ling is playing because um, he's definitely an option for them. And I think he was a high pick and they want to get games into him, but they just couldn't. Mm-hmm. The last one's a smoky. Harry Reynolds. Is that the one you mentioned before? No. Definitely. No. Uh, Harry Reynolds is a 123K defender as well. So these are all 123K defenders, basically. Uh, Impressed us one's coaching stuff in the 2019 preseason, so start of last year. Um, he was very competitive down back, but then he actually got one game and then hurt his back, had a back injury. So after that, he pretty much he wasn't the best 22 for a brief moment, had a back injury, and that ruled him out, and he had issues, and that ruled him out for the rest of the season. Yep. So he did not play again last year, but he did get into their side for a game, and he impressed them, and they, he, they did like him. It's just more waiting to see whether he gets another gig yep. to keep an eye out or whether he might be overtaken. You don't know. It's, it's a year in football's a, a bitch of a thing. So he might have been overtaken by a Ling or a Gould or who knows what happens. So I'm keeping an eye out for him as well. The next one, breakout and speculative and mid-prices and all that contenders. And I told you, Chris, I am not putting Jordan Dawson first on my list. I am going with Callum Mills first. <laughs> and, and and the reason being, Chris, is that he's 444K defender. Four, so four, he's overpriced. No, yep. no, look at it. 444. Everything is lined up perfectly. The worlds have aligned for this is breakout his year. Fourth breakout year as well, mate. Everything's lining up. <laughs> Literally, like it's you hit the pokies. Four, four, four. Everything's lining up. This is Callum Mills. Callum Mills number for um, uh, Chinese. Well, there you like go. They've got yeah, mate, fours I'll and eights. Take, apparently, are really. I'll take it. So it's the triple really four. Lucky. It is his year this year. Callum Mills definitely more than Dawson. I'm going to ride with it because I, I I agreed to that bet 
earlier. Okay, fair enough. Uh, four nineties, three hundreds, including a one thirty-two, a lows of a forty-nine and a fifty. The problem with Callum Mills is he had five Everything? five scores of sixty. So I think with the, benefit, the amount the amount of the amount of guys taking points in that back line, I think he's the one that gets the least. The benefit though, he actually averaged eighty-seven point six the last eleven rounds, which would be enough to contend with Dawson. Speaking of Dawson. Oh, he is 467K, who averaged 86.2, so yes, yes it would compete. Well, um, Dawson in the last... No, the I'm buy, not talking about the last after, nine rounds. After the bye when he moved into defence. I'm not talking about the last nine rounds, Chris. Um, oh, so you've obviously got that written down then, have you? And that's not including his, <laughs> not including his true average. Uh, Dawson did get injured on 41 in round one, averaged 88.5 as a true average. So, look, yep. he is a really good option. He's a forward defender, so he does provide you that great swing benefit. He averaged 94.4 his last nine rounds. Um, his last nine rounds included a 120, a 114, a 105, a 104, a 93, and a 93. So he had score, four scores of 90s and 600s. He is definitely an option. Uh, and that dual swing capability does provide a good matchup with Hill if you have them at either end. Which uh, is how I planned starting you know, when Supercoach first opened. That's yeah, how that's how you started it. and then you moved so away. So I think as a, um, as a D, as a F3, sorry, he actually provides value. Um, because he's probably six or seven points underpriced, but I don't think he'll be enough he's, for a he's top not six. Gonna, no, I think he, he's he's around that mark. Six to ten. Six probably. to ten. He'll be in the conversation. So he's not going to be a terrible pick. I think he's actually a decent pick, and I, I would love to have him. But I think there's just other value, value. that could also do the same cheaper. for less for cheaper. Yeah, that's, that's the, the issue right now. Um, great draft selection. I've already got him in a keeper league. Eh? Yeah. Eh? yeah. Um, I think so, I'd rather change my Mills pick for a, um, a Chad Wingard against Dawson. I think that'll be yeah. a better matchup. Now, the, what's interesting to watch is if Dawson gets injured or something happens to Dawson, you want to be on Lloyd straight away. So Lloyd averaged, unfortunately, in the same nine-game period, averaged only 96 points per game. So you can definitely see a correlation there. There may be more to that um, than meets yeah. the eye, obviously. Maybe, maybe they, he was carrying something. You never know. Yeah. Carrying the whole team. Now, apparently. before we move on, I've got a, I've got a, my my boy to talk about as a mid-price breakout. Who's not really mid-price because he's actually fairly expensive. Who? Uh, George Hewitt, my friend. This is the year of the, of the Hewitt. Hewitt. Oh, oh, you've got about eight like, breakouts there. Hewitt, Hewitt's down on the list as... Yeah. So how about is you it, just... Excuse oh, look me. At this. You pipe up. Right? I, I'm going to talk about my boy for a second. Now... Uh, Hewitt's problem for the last however long he's been is that he's just been a generally been a run with player because first of all they haven't really had one at Sydney and they just wanted to show him the defensive aspects before they just unleash the beast and I think this year the chuckles come off mate I honestly believe that he could have a breakout and average easily over 100 he's the, he's the guy that um, between him and McCluggage it's a coin flip for me who averages more right now and I don't know the answer oh, to that I'll question. I'll take McCluggage easy. Well, here's the thing. Two to one. If McCluggage isn't playing inside, I can't, I can't see him really going to that sort of you know, 105, 110 bracket that we all think McCluggage can be. Whereas Hewitt has that role. He's playing, all he needs to do is just loosen the shackles up, stop following the man and start hunting the ball, and you've got a, a premium breakout contender. So average 88 last year. Um, so big scores of 154, 127, and 121. Um, he had one, two, three, four, five, six hundreds in that. A lot of nineties. Yep. So um, definitely a guy that I can consider being on the breakout or the verge of a breakout. And if it was going to pick any year, it's either this year or next. He's also only missed two games in his four year career. So he's played uh, 86 of a possible 88 games. And that that two games was actually in his first year. How old is Hewitt? Uh, He is only 25 or 24 years and one month. 
There you go. So he's 24 this year. Yeah, right. Uh, so, thank you for... Ooh, breakout. Oh, I love, I love talking a bit of Georgie Hewitt. Oh, it makes me feel so good. That's a draft breakout, maybe. Uh, I'm, de- oh, yeah, I'm on him in draft. <laughs> you, you try and get him. See what happens. <laughs> I'll get him. Mate. I'll be like... No, I'll let you... Throw some draft. I'll let you take your rejects, Chris. Uh, Lance Franklin, he actually started off really well. He was there for day one of the preseason, then had minor surgery. So he's in doubt for round one. He's 394K as a forward. He was actually looking as a good option for a lot of people until that news. And that kind of... I just think it's... It's, it's great. Lucky. It's, well, it's great that it's it happened. perfect because, that it happened because you don't have to have that worry of, oh, will is he get going to be all right? You can now you watch him for two you, rounds. You said it's going to happen at some oh. point. So, yeah, it's... Well, Anyway, he's in there for round one. You I could almost it's... sideways trade to him. Like, let's say he starts um, round three, round four, and then at round six or round seven, you've got a rookie that's appreciated to 250, 300K, and you can just, you know, cheap, cheeky little 100K onto Franklin if he's going well. But you get to actually see that. Yeah. You know, if he's, if he's and running the role well and, and how he's running. Yeah, exactly. So I think it'll be interesting. I love that idea. Next one is Sam Naismith, 251K Ruck. Um, not like it's going to be hard to find a spot for the ruck anyway, but he is their number one. And at 251K, if he's out there and he's fit and he's firing, it could be all his to dominate. As 251K, that's really cheap. I tell you what, if he comes out and goes 100, 110 in the marsh, it's hard. What are you, you doing? Got, well, the problem is oh, though. All right, so I don't pro- reckon he will. But the problem is, but with Naismith, you can't really afford to put him at R3. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's that's an extra 130k that's just gone on the bench. You know what I mean? So you need to have him essentially at R2, and yep. it would be a case of you know you could even actually go R3 if you had Jacobs at R2. It'll be a case of the other year where you had yeah. Wits, you know Wits and um, Nankervis and stuff like that. No Wits oh, yeah. and Nank, and yep. people were doing that. Maybe even a Sandy. People were doing that two and three in the and the ruck. That worked out that year. Would it work out again this year? Who knows? Maybe. I mean, one of the things going against it is that he has he shares the same buy as. Grundy and Gorn. He does. Um, which is an unfortunate situation. Yeah. So but I don't hate it. I, I don't like hate I, it. It's not a it's not my anywhere near my preferred setup. But if he goes out and goes big, it's interesting. Well that's what I mean. Like yeah. okay, so you're gonna get to see both him and oh actually, where is he with his injury? Do you know Not sure, but he did do the ACL and then last year he had issues with his recovery and then he uh, so complications in rehab didn't make it back last year. So look, he he's value. I think we'll just watch him and wait and see. But I'm not sure where he is. I think by all reports he is in line for round one. It would be interesting to see because I would love to get uh, like at least a full game. Oh, of you wouldn't pick him without data without, out of him without some data. And then you've got him versus Jacobs, you know, as that sort of mid price option. I think it's I think yep. it's a valid consideration. I wouldn't be putting too much on it, but he's definitely on my watch list to see how he goes yep. for round one. Uh, last possible breakout is Nick uh, Blakey. He's a 295k forward. Excellent. I don't put too much rating on this one, except, however, they seem to be liking him into that midfield to give him a bit of X factor. I think he's more on a wing than anything. But yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah in that midfield mix on the yeah. wing. So I think as a draft smoky, as a forward, he could be some value in a real deep draft. But apart from that, I wouldn't put too he's much thought into it. He's got X factor, but do I think that he's going to be an accumulator not, for super coach purposes? I'm not spending 300k on it. On it, so nah. Uh, Draft Lorenzo of Florent, which we've already covered, he's a midfielder only, so that kind of hurts him there. Uh, Harry Richie Cunningham, yep. say <laughs> so Cunningham, Richie, yeah, I like Cunningham. it. Richie Cunningham, Austin Powers. I, no, I get it. Uh, thank you. Uh, it def- just was, wasn't one of your best, though. That's all. That's what I was all right, Look, I could have worded it better. Um, <laughs> he's a defender. He averaged eighty point three. He was injured on round seven on fifty two. Yep. Okay, so um, and injured on round seventeen on fifty five. So his true average is eighty eight. He averaged 92.3 the first six rounds before getting injured. His value in a draft league because he only averaged 80 on paper. If he gets some midfield rotation going on or on the wing, he could actually 
He has produced glimpses of 90s. So I, I as like a def- it in a deep league. As sure. a defender, I think yep. he provides some value there. But even then, at an 80 average, you know, you can pick him up maybe slightly uh, uh, like over 80 if yep. you want and have that possible, yeah, have that possible value without going too crazy because he could easily backflip and screw you. So, look, some definite value there. And uh, mentions Louis Taylor, I think, is a smoky. He's a, um, he'll be on the forward line and in the wing. I think they really want him on the wing as well. Real smoky draft league, especially a deep league. And the other one, Top Hapley, apparently has been training well, came back, put his hand up first session and just, you know, said, hey, blah, 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 like, you know what I mean? We're here, let's move on and get on with it. Put it to bed first training session. Apparently he's been training really well, so I think he's keen to get out there and put his best foot forward. Yeah, that uh, that whole um, scenario is a bit weird. Oh, the whole thing was just messed up for both sides. Hmm. But I think the winners out of that were Carlton, to be honest. The whole thing. Carlton did well. They even got Jack Martin for nothing. Pretty much. So... That wraps us up for Sydney. It Thank does. you for Hope a you slightly, slightly extended podcast. But hey, we got two teams to go. And um, until then, we'll see you next time. Catch you later, guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 